Welcome to the Duval Pride Podcast. Here we are with episode number five. Today we'll talk about a little bit of a Super Bowl recap, just talking through the game. Um, and then we'll talk about the big news from the week uh, for the Jaguars, which was Tony Baselli getting selected to the Hall of Fame finally after so many years of waiting. And then we'll talk a little bit about uh, Doug Peterson and how his coaching staff for the Jaguars for the coming season is starting to take shape a bit. So off to topic number one, Super Bowl recap. Uh, First of all, just let me say it was a great game. I hope everybody listening got a chance to enjoy with family and friends uh, went to a Super Bowl party myself and really had a blast uh, watching the game with some friends and turned out to be a really good game after all. Um, the start of the game really felt like the Rams were going to uh, just cruise to a victory and this would kind of be a blowout. Um, I think given the fact that Odell Beckham went down with an injury that might have played in a little bit to how the Bengals kind of made a comeback there because they were really having trouble uh, containing Beckham until he got hurt there in the second quarter. Um, but the Bengals, as they've done all postseason long, kind of made their adjustments, uh, really came out firing on all cylinders at the start of the second half. Uh, a quick touchdown and then... A quick turnover. Uh, so they really made their adjustments similarly to how they made their adjustments against the Jaguars earlier this season on Thursday Night Football up there in Cincinnati. Uh, Jacksonville roared out to a big early lead. I think it was 21 to nothing at one point. Uh, but the Bengals just kind of stayed persistent in the second half, made their adjustments and took the game back over. Did the same thing against the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, Just stayed consistent, uh, made their adjustments, and eventually took a a lead in the second half. But, you know, unfortunately for them, Stafford was able to lead the Rams back uh, with that last-minute touchdown drive to seal the victory for the Rams. Um. I say that Stafford made that last second drive and nobody can take that away from him. But I think one of the things that really did hurt the Bengals was uh, Joe Burrow seeming to hurt uh, his knee. Um, He obviously did come back into the game because who's not going to come back into the Super Bowl if you're able to. Uh, But it did seem like he was maybe a little less mobile than we're used to seeing with him. Um, so perhaps that, that hurt the Bengals, um, going forward from that point. It turns out that Stafford, as I've talked about a little bit with the Rams, was their missing piece. Uh, they were just that quarterback away. Um, all of their trades, all of those selling draft picks, the unorthodox way that they've gone about building this, their team, uh, really seemed to pay off, obviously, with the 
the top of the mountain being the Super Bowl champions now. Um, the question really is how far can they go? How long will this hold? Uh, eventually, they are going to run into some cap trouble with uh, guys that they've gone out and essentially rented from other teams um, now coming due for contracts. They're going to have to make some adjustments, and we'll see how that affects them overall. Uh, talking a little bit more about the Bengals they are going to be a formidable opponent in the AFC going forward. Uh, I have no doubt that they, that just gets better from here. Uh, Joe Burrow is just going to continue to expand his game and continue to get better for the Bengals. Uh, they've already got a really great offense. They maybe need to work on their offensive line a little bit. But um, going forward, they're, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough to beat. They're going to be tough in that division, especially with the Steelers kind of starting to rebuild a bit with uh, Roethlisberger retiring. Uh, but they're going to be a tough team, and that's, that's somebody the Jaguars are going to have to contend with if we want to be at that level going forward. Talk about topic number two now. Uh, Tony Baselli finally getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And my first note was just, finally, this took way too long for such a great player in this league to be recognized in this way. Um, why did it take so long? Who knows? A lot of people point to the length of the career he had. Um, a lot of people point to the fact that he played most of his career, or at least the formidable parts of his career in Jacksonville. And that's that's all probably what led to uh, such a delay. But one could argue that the caliber player that he was when he was playing um, should have outweighed those things. Uh, and then Baselli getting selected to the Hall of Fame should hopefully open the door for other great Jaguar players in their time to be recognized and to be uh, selected to go to the Hall of Fame. The first one I'd like to talk a little, little bit about is actually my favorite player um, in the history of the Jaguars, Fred Taylor. Um, Fred's been near the finale list, uh, the finalist list, I should say, in the past few years, but just hasn't quite gotten through to the point where he's actually being kind of discussed in their little committee meeting that they do um, before actually voting on the inductees. But uh, he seems to be kind of knocking on that door. Um, just looking at his stats, I think he deserves to be there based purely on his stats. Um, He's one of only five players in the top 20 all-time rushing yards who are not in the Hall of Fame. Two of those players, Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson, are not yet eligible. So I'm not sure the status of Frank Gore. I know Adrian Peterson just recently retired, um, made it official. 
but obviously you have to wait that five years after uh, officially announcing your retirement in order to be eligible for the vote. The other uh, three players of those five in the top 20 all-time rushing who are not in the Hall of Fame are Fred Taylor, obviously, who's 17th all-time rushing. Steven Jackson is right behind him. And then Corey Dillon is the 20th overall rushing all-time. Fred's 40th in rushing TDs all-time. He's 31st in yards per rush all-time. 4.6 a carry. That's just insane to think he was at 4.6 a carry over his entire career. Uh, 25th in rush yards per game, 76.4 rush yards per game. Um, no, There's no nothing I can think that would be a knock against Taylor being in the Hall of Fame. So I'm not really sure why he's not there yet or why he's not getting more consideration. Um, he had length of career. Um, did play in Jacksonville, so that's that's probably, again, carrying over from the Baselli, but hopefully Baselli actually finally getting in um, kind of alleviates that a little bit. Um, the Fragile Freddy stuff, obviously a lot of folks talked about how he was injured a lot, but I just, I just never quite saw it that way. Um, maybe that's my bias, but... I never understood that that nickname he got, and I, I don't think that should factor in a lot. There's a lot of Hall of Famers uh, in that had injuries just like Fred did, and Fred deserves to be there. The other person I'll talk to uh, is Jimmy Smith. Um, again, looking at his stats, he's 26th all-time in receptions with 862 career, 25th in reception yards with 12,287. Um, he has nine nine of the 11 years during his career. He had more than 1,000 yards receiving in that season. That's that's a crazy stat right there. And that, that in and of itself kind of leads me to believe he should be a Hall of Famer. He was 29th in yards per game uh, with 69 yards per game. And he has six career TDs. So his career TD numbers are a little bit low. Um, he's, he's still up in the top quarter in most of his stats or very, very close to the top quarter all time. Um there is the off the field issues with the cocaine use and things like that. But T.O. T.O. I point to Terrell Owens uh, as a player who had some off the field issues. Obviously not with drugs in Owens case, but just in general being kind of a prima donna and, and having that hanging over your head. Um, I don't see why the Hall of Fame voters look so hard on the off the field stuff, let that weigh so much into their decision as to who gets in the Hall of Fame. To me, it should be based purely on what you've done in your career, what you've done on the field. Um, And Jimmy's numbers stack up against some of the 
great all times. So why is he not in the hall? Doesn't make sense to me. Hopefully guys like Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith will get their um, opportunities down the road. As I said, I think Fred is, is close probably within the next five to 10 years. Hopefully we see uh, Freddie T get into the hall of fame, but um, hopefully both of them will get the opportunity here uh, shortly. Just wanted to wrap this topic up again, uh, congratulating Tony Baselli on a great career and a great, um, finally, Hall of Fame induction. And I'm sure Duval will be up there representing uh, Tony up in Canton. Um, hopefully, maybe they give us the game as well, the, the Hall of Fame game on the Thursday before the induction and we can get some fans up in the Ohio area to um, come up there and cheer on our team in the first preseason game. And hey, an extra preseason game doesn't hurt anybody, especially the coaching staff for scouting. And speaking of coaching staffs, I'll use that as a segue into topic three. Uh, so Doug Peterson, ever since being uh, officially announced as the Jacksonville Jaguars new head coach uh, last Saturday has been hard at work um, bringing in all kinds of new hires and really filling out his coaching staff. We'll talk a little bit about some of the new coaches that will be uh, in teal and black next season, um, starting with the offense. Offensive coordinator, obviously the big one here, Press Taylor. Um, this is something we talked about last week, uh, and I think everybody was expecting Press Taylor to be on this team in some form or fashion. This seemed very inevitable that he would be uh, coaching for the Jaguars this season. Um as I said before, he, he spent five years with Peterson and with the Eagles organization. He worked his way up from a quality control coach to a QB coach to a passing game coordinator, and now he's going to be the offensive coordinator here in Jacksonville. He won't be calling plays. Doug's already said that he will be the one calling the offensive plays. So um, I think basically in this Respect press will be more of just a just that a coordinator for the offense. He will be organizing things. He might be running through the plays at practice just to get the team uh, acclimated to the playbook, the game plan for the week. Um, but overall, I think that's a good hire. It's somebody that Doug is familiar with and somebody he trusts to run the offense. Jim Bob Cooter, uh, best name in in college in coach coaching history, uh, has been hired as the passing game coordinator. This is a great addition for Trevor. He's worked with some big names out there: Peyton Manning, Matt Stafford, most recent Super Bowl winner. Um, and I I really like how Doug is building depth of experience around Trevor. 
He's putting guys in place. As we'll talk about with some of the other coaches here. He's putting guys in place in the offensive rooms who have previous experience with some really great quarterbacks. They have experience running some really good offenses in the past. They're going to bring a lot of knowledge. They're going to bring a lot for Trevor to absorb. But I think he needs that. I think he needs a bunch of different perspectives. They're also going to bring the ability to see what Trevor does well, to see what this offense does well, and build that, build around that towards really making this offense hum as one of the best in the NFL. Uh, They're going to retain Bernie Parmalee as the running backs coach. Really good to get him back. I think he's done a really great job with James Robinson. I'm eager to see how Travis Etienne gets going uh, next season, coming off the Liz Frank injury to his foot. Um, And really good to see some, some turnover from the other staff, uh, the previous staff being kept on because, you know, the guys that are doing that were doing well, the position groups that we saw were doing well, those guys deserve to stick around. And it, it also keeps that familiarity in the locker room for those position groups. Uh, to be determined on the wide receiver coach, um, Sanjay Lau has not been ru- ruled out. Uh, I did see a report that uh, Coach Lau was going to interview with the Bears for their offensive coordinator position. I kind of hope he gets it. Um, Nothing against him, but I feel like there just needs to be some fresh blood, um, a fresh perspective in that coaching position because the wide receivers group was one that Really struggled last year. Uh, So many instances where we saw guys in the wrong places, um, guys running the wrong routes, guys not getting open, uh, guys running into each other. There's just so much issues with that group that we could probably um, just use to just be served to have another set of eyes in there to help with that. Uh, Quarterback coach, we talked about this last week, Mike McCoy. um, And again, goes back to what I was talking about uh, with Jim Bob Cooter. Just adding some more experience to the group. Mike also brings head coaching experience. So he's experienced a lot of things that maybe Doug hasn't. You know, being a Super Bowl winning coach, Peterson has seen a lot, but... There might be a situation where Mike has a little bit more experience than Doug, and that just gives more knowledge in the room, and that is something you can't uh, replace. And not to mention the fact that Mike McCoy also worked with Peyton Manning. He also worked with Phillip Rivers, two really good quarterbacks back in the day. So, again, just bringing a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different insights to helping Trevor along, helping Trevor develop. 
Uh, Phil Roger, I believe that's how you say his last name, has been hired as the offensive line coach. He was the Vikings offensive line coach in 2021. Um, did work with Mike McCoy in 2017 in Denver. And he has some experience under Bill Callahan as well. Everybody kind of knows about Bill Callahan being a really good offensive line coach in his time. Um, I look at the Vikings offensive line uh, and how they performed. You know, for the most part, uh, they were able to keep their quarterback clean. They were able to establish pretty solid um, running game in Minnesota. Uh, the biggest thing is just just a change. This this position group needed a change. There's going to be some some shuffling on that offensive line as well. Uh, we'll talk about the players themselves in an upcoming episode. But they needed just like I was talking about with the wide receivers group. They needed a change here, and I think they got a good one. Uh, assistants, um, Andrew Briner. I'm not sure exactly what role he'll be in here in Jacksonville, but I did see a report that he has been hired as some kind of offensive assistant. I don't know if that's quality control or um, some type of just knowledge type assistant. It might be a scouting type role. Who knows? Uh, but worth mentioning that he's on the team now as well. Uh, talking about the defensive staff now, uh, Mike McCoy, or, sorry, Mike Caldwell has been hired as the defensive coordinator. We talked about him last week. Uh, obviously, not coming from a whole lot of experience, but I think this is a hire. Doug knows who this guy is. He's played with him, he's worked with him as a coach before. Um, so I'm going to trust in in Doug Peterson here, um, and we'll see how it turns out. I, I definitely do hope that he's able to uh, lead this defense, call the plays you know, that need to be called in certain situations. Uh, time will tell on that one. Uh, off, outside linebackers coach Bill Shuey. Um, he coached that same position under Peterson in Philly, so I think that's the obvious connection there. Um, not a whole lot of information I could find on Coach Shuey, but just the familiarity, I think, is why he was brought in to Jacksonville. Inside linebackers coach, uh, not, not named yet as of the recording of this podcast, Tony Gilbert. Uh, who's already on the staff as an assistant linebackers coach the last two seasons, is has been thrown out there as a possibility, and I think that's a great hire. I, I think the inside linebackers have been pretty good. Miles Jack has come a long way, um, and I would like to see a guy like Tony Gilbert get a shot at coaching that position full-time. Uh, DB's coach, Deshay Townsend, will be coaching the secondary, while Cody Grimm will be coaching the safeties. Uh, Townsend was an interesting one. Um, he was originally set to go be the Vikings 
uh, DB's coach, and he instead flipped to the Jaguars. So kind of a recruiting steal for the college football fans out there. Um, this shows just being able to flip a coach. It's not something you hear a whole lot of. This shows that guys are wanting to be here. You know, he's he's already lined up to go coach in Minnesota. Who knows? Maybe it was just his wife telling him, hey, I don't want to be up in the cold in Minneapolis. Or maybe he didn't want to be in the cold in Minneapolis. But I'm hoping it was more than just that. Um, I think overall it does show, though, that guys are interested in this position, um, interested in this team interested in being in Jacksonville and that that's a credit to Doug and what he's trying to build here. Uh, Cody Grimm worked with Mike Caldwell. So some familiarity there and probably one of the reasons he was um, signed on here to be the, the safeties coach. Uh, defensive line coach Brinson Buckner um, this is a guy they poached from the Cardinals from the same position. So, again, you, I don't think you see those lateral moves a whole lot in the NFL. Uh, and to be able to poach a guy shows that there's some interest in working with this team. Um, he has a bunch of experience coaching as the defensive lines coach from the Raiders to the Bucks, obviously the Cardinals. So some good experience to bring in here to Jacksonville. Um, some assistance. Again, just Rory Seagrest uh, announced so far another probable like quality coordinator or something of that type. Um, he worked with the Eagles, so some familiarity with Doug there. Special teams coordinator. Uh, Heath Farrell has been named the coordinator for special teams. He was the Bills special teams coordinator last season. He's worked with a couple of different teams in that role as well. Um, looking at the stats for the Bills, according to Sports Illustrated, the Bills had the eighth best special teams unit in 2020 and 2021 and the 12th best in 2019. I am ecstatic for anybody else to be the special teams coordinator for this team. Um, the Jaguars special teams over the last several seasons have just been outright abysmal. And to get anybody new into that role is, is going to be a, a welcome sight. So in closing here, once again, uh, thank you all for listening to this podcast now gone five episodes and uh, listener base continues to grow. So anybody who's new here, um, thanks for giving us a try and we hope to keep you on into the future. Anybody who's been listening to me since the trailer. Wow. Thank you so much for listening every week. Um, please like subscribe rate on whatever platform you're on. That helps get some some new ears on our podcast and continues to help us grow. Um, reminder that I do have a Patreon out there. I'm 
actually have a website now live. It's duvalpride.wordpress.com. Duval has three U's in it. Uh, it's spelled just like the podcast title. Uh, but yeah, go there and check out. I'll, I'll be getting some episode summaries, transcripts, things like that up on the website soon. And also has some information about me on there as well, if you're interested. Uh, but yeah, help support this podcast by contributing to the Patreon. And um, we can continue to grow this thing. Uh, some future episodes I have coming up, we'll start to dive in, do a deep dive on the team itself. Um, probably looking at next week doing a offensive breakdown of the different players. Um, then the following week, a defensive breakdown. I'll figure out where I'm going to stick the special teams guys in there somewhere. Um, and then we'll probably just go into free agency talk, draft talk, and just kind of see how things evolve as we go into the off season um, and, and what topics we want to talk about on here. Uh, so once again, thanks for listening. Go Jacks.